This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello. Hi. It's wonderful to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you, Anna. Thank you for your time again. Um, I don't know how you think back on on the conversation we had back in 2014 in your home. Um, but as time has passed, uh, I've come to realize, like, it's one of the most um, treasured encounters I've had in my work and in my life. Um, really? Yeah. Um, and, and for a number of reasons, I think, like, you let me into your home. I started asking you very probing questions about things you had written about in your memoir, but maybe things that you didn't talk about at length with journalists often. And I can hear back in that tape all the moments where you were making choices about um, how honest to be, you know? Hmm. That's so interesting to hear. This is how I started my recent video call with Ellen Burstyn, as we were talking again while she sat in her upper Manhattan apartment. This is Death, Sex, and Money, the show about the things we think about a lot and need to talk about more. I'm Anna Sale. We shared that first conversation I had with Ellen in 2014 in our podcast feed last week. She was 81 then. Last December, Ellen turned 90 years old. When we spoke recently, a new dog was curled at her feet. Her name is Carrie. Uh-huh. She's, right, she's right here beside me. She lifts her head. <laughs> You're talking about me? <laughs> yeah. She's a King Charles Cavalier and a poodle. Uh-huh. She's very smart. And she's remarkably friendly. When we go out for a walk, she wants to say hello to everybody. Mm. She knows all the doormen. She has her favorites that she goes wild when she sees them. Other, she's just polite. <laughs> Discerning. So we have a very good time together. Carrie came into Ellen's life midway into pandemic isolation. Ellen's last dog had died just before COVID. And after about a year of mourning, she decided she was ready for a new one. She went online and started looking at dog pictures, and then she saw her. And then I saw her name was Carrie, spelled K-E-R-R-I, mm-hmm. which happened to be my first stage name when oh. I came to New York. And I named myself Carrie Flynn, dancing in a nightclub, spelled K-E-R-R-I. So I said, obviously, it's fake or something. 
Wow. What did you notice about what it was like to turn 90? Well, I hate to sound like I'm bragging, but I'm still working. I'm in good shape. Um, I'm having a very good time. I just sold a book to a publisher, and I'm writing a, a book about my favorite poems. You are? Yeah. I wonder if I could turn this around and show you my work table. Let's see if I can do this. Hold on. Oh, I can see this table full of, uh, yes, of, of, of pieces of paper. Of poems. Of poems. And they're arranged all out on this folding table in front of a window. And are you moving them around to figure out the right order? Yeah. Yeah. Where did the idea come from to do a, a, a book about your favorite poems? I had done a book. Just a minute. It's right here. A couple of years ago, I tried to do a book about my favorite poems. You showed this to me, I believe. Is this the one? And you read the Mary Oliver poem from it. It's a scrapbook kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, okay. Yeah. So and my agents didn't think it was a good idea. And then uh, time went by and I changed agents and... My new agent said, um, we know you love poetry, so we thought of doing a book of your favorite poems. And I said, oh, well, I've already done one. <laughs> <laughs> I brought it out. And they said, oh. And I'm writing my favorite poems and what I like about them and how they affected me and... Um, what I find interesting about the the poems and kind of the uh, what I learned from them. At the moment, I'm calling it my orchard of poems. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. If you were to say today a poem that comes to mind that speaks to you, what what's the poem? Oh, this whole table full. <laughs> um, by the way, I, before I answer that, I wanted to go back to something you said at the opening about how I was wrestling with being truthful mm. about mm -hmm. my memoir, was it? Well, just the the questions about, I, I, I don't know if you were wrestling. It was more like I felt like you were making choices, to be honest, not how uh -huh. I didn't feel like at any point you were evading, but you were continually choosing to keep, to stay in it, uh -huh. um, is how it felt yeah. and how it feels when I listen back to that tape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I do feel that, why bother talking if you're not going to be truthful? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is a poem that came to mind. Let's see if I still remember it. I haven't read it in a while. Uh, I drank of every vine, the last upon. The last was like the first. I came upon no wine so wonderful as thirst. 
So feed the great being to the vintner and the monger. I'll lie down lean in my thirst and my hunger. Oh. Whoa. That's Malay. And it's Vincent Malay. She was early on my favorite poet. How, how did you come to poetry? Was it an extension of learning to memorize lines or a separate process? You know, my, my original name was Edna Ray Gillooly. And I wrote a poem in high school that I wasn't sure was any good. And I gave it to the smartest boy in class to see what he thought. And he said, well, just because your name is Edna doesn't mean you have to copy your style. And I said, Edna who? Hmm. And he said, Edna St. Vincent Millay. I think he was giving you a compliment is what he was trying I, to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I started reading her poetry, and I just got hooked oh. on poetry forever. There's something about something being said in metaphor um, and rhyme and rhythm that penetrates deeper. I, I don't know. I feel like we... When, when, when we read the metaphor and we know that it's referring to something else and we have to conjure that in our mind, what it's referring to, mm-hmm. it's coming from us then. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're a party to the art. You know, um, that's what I find. Mm. Mm. That's really beautifully said. So so to go back, when I asked you about what it's been like to turn 90, um, it sounds like you've been busy. Being <laughs> Turning 90 has, has been busy for you. <laughs> I had a party, and I invited all my people closest to me in life, mm-hmm. including ones that are in California. And I said, I'm sorry, it's going to cost you plain fare, but you have to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did. Oh. Um, and it was just the best party anybody ever went to. I said, no presents. Your presence, spelled the other way, mm-hmm. is enough. Um, and anything that you want to bring in terms of a story or a song. So a lot of people sang oh. and played the piano and, and brought poems. And it was just. It was like the best um, live review (laughs) (laughs) that I've ever been to. And it was in my own home and and with my friends. It was just great. Oh, that's lovely. And is there a song that sticks out from that review celebrating your 90 years in your house? Like when you think about a moment, a perfect moment from that evening? Oh, uh, I have a friend named Mimi Friedman who wrote a song about me. And I made her sing it three different times as other people came in. <laughs> it, was just, it was so good. The world received a stellar gift 
on a chilly December 7th day in Detroit in 1932 when Corrine birthed Edna Ray as Jack's little baby sister grew her star shine could not be ignored at the Michigan State Fair she booked a gig with a little motor company called Ford that's wonderful that she wrote a song about you and then she kept <laughs> you made her sing it three times <laughs> Again and again. Um, well, as new people came, of course. Heard it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Got to share it. Um, is there anything you've noticed about the shift from being in your 80s to being in your 90s that you feel in your body that is? Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> um, my digestion isn't quite what it used to be. You know. Um, my balance isn't as wonderful as it once was. Mm-hmm. When I walk my dog, I'm using a stick now, mm-hmm. uh, which I find very helpful. Mm-hmm. But my energy is good, and my memory isn't as brilliant as it once was. I mean, I, early on, I, I could read a play four times and pretty much know it. Not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. I have to do a little more you know, drilling. Mm-hmm. And my long-term memory seems to be fine. Short-term, I've, did I take those pills? Mm-hmm. Right there, does that mean I took them or I didn't take them? You know? Yeah. A lot of that. Yeah. But that's not so bad. No. So when we talked in 2014... You, your son, I believe, was in his 50s. He's in his 60s now. Is that right? Yes. What's it like between mother and son? Like, have you noticed any change in the way that you two care for one another? Well, I say things like, I'm going to die, get used to it. He says, don't say it, don't say it. I don't want to hear it. No, I don't have to get used to it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so you talk about it, but you talk about it in jest and then move on. Uh-huh. Well, I wouldn't talk about it seriously, but he's but he's not willing. Mm-hmm. His his wife went through her mother's death just a couple years ago, and it was very, very hard for her. And I think he was, you know, has been thinking, oh, God, what's it going to be for me? Mm-hmm. I I hope it's not going to be as traumatic. Yeah. You you said to me in 2014, you said, I know I've been a successful actor. I don't know if I've been a successful person yet. Do you still feel like that? Um, I obviously have not been successful at romantic relationships. I don't know if that's had, obvious. I mean, you've, you've well, had I'm, more than one marriage, but maybe they unfolded the way they were supposed to. Well, my... Um, Selection ability seems flawed. I just don't seem to be good at it. However, I built my own kind of family with people I love. I was in the grocery store once, 
in the neighborhood where we lived, where we shopped. And a woman said, you're Ellen Burstyn, aren't you? I said, yes, figuring she was going to tell me she liked my movies. No. She said, you're Jeff's mother. You know, he paints houses. Uh And she said, I found that when he finished painting my house, I was making up jobs to keep him coming back. Because he's just so sunny, a personality, that people want to have him around. Mm. I love that. Um, Sunny is the best word for him. Mm. And I'm deeply pleased that with all of my various gentlemen in my life, that I somehow managed to bring up a good man, a good father, Mm. a good husband. That's a comfort to me. Mm. Can I I ask you a bit of advice now that I'm a middle-aged interviewer instead of a young interviewer? what I have noticed about my creative spark um, is that as I've been doing this for more years and there's more things that I have done, um, it's a little bit harder to come by that sense of adventure that comes from novelty, which was so much a part of my early creative hunger was like, what will it be like if I get to do this? And how do I hustle in order to get to try this? You know, as I mentioned, our show is almost 10 years old. I, I've noticed as I've done, been doing this for longer, and as I think about what does it mean to have a career where you're doing what you've been doing for a while? Like, have you had to sort of change how you think about what the fuel is that you're tapping into to be interested to not be bored? Well, what comes to mind immediately is going in a new direction, going, talking to people that you haven't talked to, mm-hmm. that, you, that are different, and you're wondering why they're different, mm-hmm. how they can be that different from you. That seemed to me to be interesting. Does that interest you at all? Well, I, what I hear you saying is, um, I think my my question presumed that I have to like let go of novelty because I'm middle aged, and you're saying you have to keep finding the ways to keep learning, to keep finding the things you haven't encountered yet, and to stay open to curiosity. More novelty. More novelty. Yeah. More novel than ever. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's easy to uh, get comfy in middle age <laughs> and stay in your ruts, maybe. Yeah. Huh. You, you know, I love this story. I, I spoke somewhere at an event in a big ballroom. I don't remember what it was for. And afterwards, this woman came up to me. I've told this on television before, so I'm repeating myself. It's okay. woman came up to me, and she said, Okay, I know your age. What's your secret? And I said, I don't drink. I don't eat meat. I exercise. I don't do drugs. I live healthily. And she went, you don't drink? (laughs) (laughs) Curling her lip. What a horrible thought that was. (laughs) 
And I thought, there it is, you know. You, if you want to change, you have to change your habits. Mm. It's your habits that keep you stuck in the same place you've been in for a long, long time. You know, so what habit could you change? Oh, I really, I feel called to think about that more, Ellen. That's one that's <laughs> going to stick with me. Oh, huh. Or what are you a little afraid of? Oh, yeah. There's lots of things I'm a lot afraid of. Oh, well, there's a good area to explore. Yeah. No? Hmm. Alan Burston, thank you for spending time with me again. I always, you leave me changed. Oh, really? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was wonderful talking to you. I love the question to ask. Hmm. You're a deep person. I can feel it. That's Ellen Burstyn. She spoke with me from her apartment in Manhattan just a few weeks ago. This episode was produced by Liliana Maria Percy Ruiz, Afi Yellowduke, and me. I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.